0: It's Wednesday 24th of September 2014. This is HPR episode 1603 entitled, Guadek 2014. Matthew Garrett interview, and is part of the series, Interviews. It is posted by first-time host to be frank, and is about 15 minutes long. Feedback can be sent to mail at linuxonings.net, or by leaving a comment on this episode. The summary is. I was able to ask Guadek keynote speaker, and free software activist Matthew Garrett a few questions.
1: This episode of HBR is brought to you by An anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HBR15. That's HBR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at An anhonesthost.com.
2: Welcome Hacker Public Radio. My name is to be Frank. I am one of the hosts of a podcast in German called Linux ohne Angst, which is Linux without fear in English, uh, which I do with my mate Pete from Strasbourg in France. We've been doing this for all of six months now, and we try to attend Linux conferences whenever we can. And this year, the GUADEC, the Gnome Users and Developers Conference, was held in our hometown, Strasbourg. So we thought that would be the ideal occasion to pop by and listen and talk to some Gnome developers, users. And it was very enlightening, and we will talk about it a little more in depth in the next issue of our podcast, if you're a German speaker, that is. But... There also was the keynote, and it was held by Matthew Garrett, a prominent figure in the open source world. And I wanted to share this with you because I did a brief interview with him after the talk. So very briefly, for those who don't know him, who's Matthew Garrett. He's a programmer and a free software activist and has been a contributor to the Debian project. He has been a member of the Ubuntu Technical Board and he's also worked for Red Hat and for Canonical, by the way. And uh, for the two letter, he, among others, worked on the UEFI bootloader or rather how to to be able to still install Linux on your system if you've got uh, a computer that has UEFI and Secure Boot that our friends at Microsoft have imposed on us. And uh, I think he's the man behind the Shim Bootloader. And for his work on on, on the Secure Boot problem, he was being awarded the 2013 Free Software Award. currently works for... cloud computing platform and has always been a strong advocate of software freedom. So let me briefly outline what Matthew said in his keynote before I play you the interview. The title was Why do we desktop? And he argued the way we use it has fundamentally changed in the last decades from just displaying several programs at once to web apps, desklets, and social functions of the desktop. And later on, somebody asked if developing a desktop was still relevant uh, in the time of tablets and mobile devices, outselling uh, PCs, and this was Matthew's answer.
0: People still want to have a traditional desktop environment for many purposes. And there is also the potential issue that while, yeah, desktop sales have declined, how much of that is because we're now at the point where every home already has probably at least one desktop computer and in many cases two or more. We've perhaps got to the point where the market's been saturated to a certain extent and the market's no longer expanding as much as it was previously. People are buying tablets because they don't already have a tablet. People are not buying desktops because they already have a desktop. And that's going to be a factor here as well. I don't think the depth of the desktop market is as, uh, Drastic, As some people believe, I think it's going to continue to be relevant and I think we we need to continue
2: to be relevant with it. Matthew also talked about the great players of the desktop world, Google with Google Chrome or Apple with its uh, Mac interface, and that their goal is mainly to tie you into their ecosystem to sell you their stuff. Google Web Apps, or iTunes for Apple. Uh, Microsoft's Windows 8, he called a consistent UI across platforms, somewhat to my surprise, over PC, tablet, phones and everything. And he used the term convergence here, without mentioning Ubuntu, who frequently uh, use this term at this point. Later, he cited Ubuntu as a negative example for a distro that's trying to close their system down, tying it into Amazon, for example, with their desktop. According to Matthew, these are all missing the point, are there to sell products and tie users into their business model. What Linux, and especially GNOME, needs, he argued, was security as a primary concern, not just an afterthought, Uh, privacy, for example, with apps that use Tor, uh, free of corporate control, open Apps developed for the user. And uh, he said the desktop should be social. Uh, cited GNOME as a friendly community, which I can confirm from this uh, Gwalik. Uh, focus on diversity also, which is uh, a major strong point of the GNOME community. And he asked, who is the user? Is it an everyday user? Is it a developer? Or is it even a gamer? And his, his mantra actually was, we need to appeal to all. So that, I think, sums up uh, Matthew's keynote, uh, one of the keynotes at Guadec 2014. And afterwards, I was able to ask him a few questions. Here they are. Uh, so, Matthew, this was a very much a sort of a declaration of really perspectives and ideology for the GNOME desktop and maybe for the Linux desktop in general. How, if you have to give a percentage, how much are we already there, do you think?
0: So building a desktop along these lines, something that respects users' freedoms and their privacy and their safety, is fundamentally impossible without having an entire free operating system to build that on top of. And the fact that we have that in the form of the GNU user space under Linux kernel means that we've already got many of the codes we need. There's plenty of work to do, but I'm saying we're most of the way there. I think we can get to where we want to be in a relatively small number of years. Mm
2: -hmm. The the case of Ubuntu is maybe an interesting case because they were the most popular Linux distribution. They're getting a brand name out there that was started to be known and starts to be known, I think. But you seem to consider it more as going a bit to the dark side, I reckon.
0: I'd say that there are legitimate concerns about design decisions that's been made within Ubuntu that are not necessarily to the user's benefit, but are instead there to benefit Canonical. And in a sense, I can see why, because obviously developing an operating system like Ubuntu involves money, and they need to find a way to make money in order to continue funding its development. I think they've gone too far in the direction of sacrificing user privacy and user safety in return for that. Uh, and I hope that they
2: revisit that decision in future. And you also said that um, you basically aim at all the users with the, with the gnome desktop, the gamer, the everyday user, maybe the developer who needs something very specific. Uh, isn't that too big of a stretch?
0: I don't think so, because I think the majority of these users want the same thing the majority of the desktop functionality is identical for all these people we can provide additional functionality that satisfies their needs without taking that away from anybody else it's going to be something that's time consuming to develop we're going to need to identify these people's needs and then ensure that we can satisfy them but i don't see any fundamental
2: reason why this is impossible Mm-hmm. And uh, the the really everyday user that maybe sometimes it seems to me that's buying a PC like they're buying a fridge. Mm-hmm. Oh. You just buy a certain function and you expect it to function. And once your operating system uh, goes down, you have to buy a new computer because you, you consider it the same unit and no one says, hey, could I install Linux in that? Could I install something else in that? What do you think?
0: Uh, so, in the sense of.
2: Um, is, is is that a problem? How can we convert these people, uh, convince them, try installing, them, look at the GNOME desktop, yeah, see if there's alternatives gotcha. when actually they consider that maybe too much trouble because there was just something to switch on and it works and does the thing they want to do?
0: I think Ubuntu demonstrated fairly well that it was possible to produce a Linux distribution that even unskilled users could install on their computers. and uh, We can probably go further. Mm-hmm. There, there are certain... Uh, iterative modifications we can teach to make to installers to make it possible for users to do this with even less technical knowledge. Uh, But I think the distributions have that mostly under control. Beyond that, I I don't think we're at the point where it's a strong technical issue now or even a strong uh, difficulty issue. I think the problem is more that people are not aware that this is an option. uh, And that's really a word of
2: mouth issue. It's a marketing issue. You said evangelism? Yes. But Is it also a thing of getting a brand out there? Having a solid brand makes it a
0: lot easier to have a consistent message, to go to people and say, this is what Gnome is. This is why we're doing this. This is what we're going to be doing in the future. This is why you should be part of what we're doing. Yeah. Okay, Matthew, thank you very much.
2: Thank you. Pleasure. Okay, so this was our brief look at Guarek, the keynote this year, and speaker Matthew Garrett's. I hope, as I, you have enjoyed this and learned something. Um, If you want to know more and you speak German, take a look at linuxohneangst.net. The address will also be in the show notes. If you want to send us reactions, you can do so at mail at linuxohneangst.net. And thanks to Hacker Public Radio and thanks to Matthew Garrett. Take care. Bye.